Hey, thanks for stopping by and checking out the Unique Beauty and Meditation podcast. I just wanted to remind you that the content, tips, or tricks offered through this podcast are brought to you with compassion and positivity and are brought to you from uh, different insight and experiences we've had through our life experiences, through the coursework or lessons we've experienced, as well as our professional environment. And that's meant for entertainment and enlightenment purposes only. If you have any physical or mental health concerns, please seek a physical or mental health professional. Now on to our episode. Hey guys, I'm excited to share with you a conversation that I was able to have with Elizabeth Hornack. She is a certified herbalist, aromatherapist, and now yoga instructor out of Rochester, New York. And she has created a wonderful skincare line called Bella Avani that I've worked with for quite a few years. And in this conversation, she shares what inspired her to get into aromatherapy and working as an herbalist, as well as how she's shifting now more towards yoga instruction and what that all means for self-care. So I would love for you to check it out. Thank you for listening to this podcast and please share it out. So first off, thank you for joining me, Elizabeth. You're welcome. And, um, I would love to hear a little bit about, love to have you introduce yourself to everybody and to hear a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, okay. So um, my name is Elizabeth Hornack. I'm in Rochester, New York, and I am a certified herbalist, certified aromatherapist, and newly minted certified yoga teacher. And I started my business, Bella Avani, which is a combination of Italian and Sanskrit for beautiful earth in 2008. And um, I got started actually in 2003 or four. And my youngest daughter, who at the time was all of the tender age of um, 18 months um, and is now 18, um, has very, very um, sensitive skin. Um, She's um, highly allergenic, um, both chemically and environmentally. And so she, um, came down with a wicked case of uh, contact dermatitis mm. and as a relatively new mom um, I called the pediatrician in a panic and I, I said she's got this scaly stuff all over um, I don't know what to do and they told me to buy an over-the-counter uh, product um, that was very occlusive and I was like okay cool So I slathered it on her skin and it really didn't do anything and it almost seemed to worsen. So this was back in the early 2000s where um, the information found on the internet was spotty at best. And I just ended up finding um, a Yahoo group that was run by a moderator from Georgia that dealt in all natural skincare products. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm sorry. Uh, so, um, so I, I began to um, post some questions, and and I and I think I posted out that my daughter had um, contact dermatitis, and did anybody have any suggestions on what I could do with that? 
And there were several participants who were herbalists and very experienced um, in making um, personal care products. And they said, um, this is what we recommend. So I trucked myself off to Lori's Natural Foods who has a fantastic bulk herbals, you know, bulk herb section and a lot of carrier oils and, and things to DIY. So I picked up some um, comfrey and marshmallow and lavender and uh, calendula and I already had oatmeal in the house and I put together an herbal infusion and extra virgin olive oil bought some organic beeswax, bought some unrefined shea butter and just had at it. And my husband's response was, well, that's really cool. Just don't blow up the kitchen because it's not covered by homeowners. Right. And so I made this um, salve for her skin and twice a day would slather her up and over time her skin healed. Very and, cool. um, I became a lot more active in the group and the mod, the mod, the list mom um, said, Hey, I'm doing a class on um, making lotions and creams. Is anybody interested? And I thought, Oh, cool. Yes. And so I bought a kit from her and um, learned how to do oil and water emulsions. And um, then I learned from there, I learned how to make cold process soap. And kind of as this is all kind of going along after the cream and lotion experiment, I had, I don't know, it was like 25 jars and I just started giving them out to friends because mm -hmm. I had so much of it. And um, I gave it to a friend of mine who was pregnant with her second child. And um, she, you know, she's great with child. Her skin is stretched and itchy. And I said, Cartina, just take this jar of cream and, and tell me what you think. And she was so desperate when I, the day that, the day that I delivered it, she had some friends over and she literally took her shirt up and just started lubing her tummy up. And she's like, oh my gosh, what is this? And then she encouraged all of her friends to try it. And then they said, well, we wanna buy your, your cream. And it was kind of a deer caught in the headlights. You're like, okay. So I ran home and I said, Joe, I need change. I need gift bags. I need tissue paper. And I need all of this product. And he said, why? And I said, because Cartina's friends want to buy all of it. Very cool. So I went back to her house and they said, well, what's your business's name and where can we find your products? Mm -hmm. And from there, the company was born, so to speak. And then um, I had, um, because of the, the ingredients that I use, I use um, um, very low temperatures when I do oil and water emulsions um, to retain the natural properties of the carrier oils. So I source my carrier oils and butters from all over the world. Um, I tend to source from, um, or try to source from, um, small women owned businesses. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, from the lotion and cream and soap, friends would come to me and say, well, um, I really like my cleanser, but I'm not willing to spend $65 on it. Can you make me something better? And so that's how my facial cleanser was 
came about was uh, the woman who asked me to do it has rosacea um, and highly uh, sensitive skin. And so it, it landed that I used both Eastern and Western skincare principles in the product. That's cool. So I make a plant milk. I do an infusion with herbs. Um, and then I use, for the final product, I use um, powdered lavender and powdered rose, which kind of come from the Ayurvedic tradition. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very, it's a non-foaming, very decadent cleanser, which is great for women who are aging up because as we age up, our estrogen levels drop and we land with very sensitive and um, can be, you know, for some women, very dry skin. So- Absolutely. Yeah, so that's kind of, that's that's the journey. And then in terms of the aromatherapy and herbalist components, um, I love to use herbs to make um, infusions for my products. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt that it was really important to understand the basically the chemistry behind the herbs, why they do what they do. Mm -hmm. and how to use them appropriately. So rather than just kind of opening a book and hunting and pecking, um, I decided that it was important for me to understand how to use them. Um, so right. I don't do capsules or tinctures as some herbalists do. My focus mainly is on basically the therapeutic components that are um, good for in nourishing for the skin. Nice. So I studied with Rosemary Gladstar, who is considered kind of the, the mama of North American herbology. Mm -hmm. And then in tandem with that, um, when it, well, let me go back a moment. Um, so when I first started making um, some of the um, more spa products like scrubs and um, body washes, I ended up I kind of made them smell like big box retailers because I thought that's how they would sell. Right. And then I, and then I read a book um, on how the whole fragrance industry, um, kind of the science behind the fragrance industry, which is absolutely fascinating. But um, fragrances can be um, highly irritating for some people. Mm -hmm. And we live in a time where people are, have, um, they're environmentally and chemically sensitive. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, for example, my daughter, Sarah, um, I mean, she can walk into a room and if there's something that's um, off for her skin chemically or environmentally, she'll break out in hives. Yep. And I didn't, and I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't want that to be me. Right. <laughs> so all the training that you've had. And so I decided to become a certified aromatherapist um, because the oils are distilled right from the plant material. There are no, I mean, there are chemical constituents in an essential oil, mm -hmm. um, but, the, but it's, it's just a, and, and, and truth be told, some people can't even use, they're so sensitive that they can't use essential oils. And I think that needs to be recognized even though they're natural. Right. Um, natural doesn't always mean irritant free. Exactly. Um, so I studied, it was, uh, it was a home, it was a home study program. So in, that was 2008. 
And then I did some advanced training um, with Andrea Bouget, who um, owns or owned uh, Aroma Head Institute down in Ithaca. Mm -hmm. And so I learned about component blending and aromatic blending. And then I, then I took her, um, it, she has an advanced graduate class. And so I think that was an extra 250 hours or no, it was less, I'm sorry, I misspoke. I don't know how many hours that was, but that, that kind of advanced training layered on that really dove into the chemistry, kind of like the herbs, it kind of dove into the chemistry of, you know, for example, lavender and what chemical constituents in lavender um, make it calming and nourishing. What about the chemical constituents in frankincense that make it kind of the papa of all oils and it's, you know, deeply resinous and relaxing. And so um, I, I did some advanced training because I really love chemistry and, and thought it was um, important. Um, and so I don't use a lot of essential oils. There are just two products that I can think of, um, the peppermint, um, peppermint rosemary foot scrub and the peppermint pedicure cream, I think are the only two products that have essential oils in them. Three, excuse me, the botanical, um, the botanical face cream does as well. And so those are all um, blended with intent and um, education and expertise. And so dilution levels have been looked at, um, especially with regard to the face, it's very sensitive. So you keep it, you keep the dilution very low. Um, with the two products that have peppermint in it, um, peppermint's a hot and spicy oil. So care needs to be taken um, as, as, you're, as you're blending. So the, the number of drops, it don't turn it, it. I mean, it can be a skin irritant for people, but you wanna keep the dilution at a point where um, you're mindful of that. Right. So, kind of power. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed the line is because I had at the salon at the time, I had a lot of clients who were the aromas and the products that I used for hair <clears throat> were very natural and very soft. And I had a lot of clients who were moving away from wanting really any strong fragrance at all in any of their products. And um, I found myself enjoying a your education and the fact that you you knew mindfully where you were getting your products and why you were getting what you were using and why you were adding in what you were adding in, which creates I think an a, a energy intention in the product, but also a security for the client that, you know what, I have somebody I can go ask information for. So like when you had that experience, when your daughter was young, people that have your line and have worked with you have know that security of if something's not working, I can go ask Elizabeth and she's going to help me out, figure out why or what have you. And I think that alone is, that's a unique experience in skincare, I think, and oh, in products in general. Um, so I love when I would have some of your products and I would bring them in and I'd use them. And I had that information to share with my clients and I felt more comfortable being able to say, okay, these are the oils and these are the information. And if they asked me questions and I didn't know, I had you that I could go to. And it wasn't just a, I don't know, I'll try it out and see, because I knew that it wasn't necessarily <laughs> the yeah. best option to say that. Um, yeah. 
And I find that my favorite product in your line is the lavender massage oil. I've used them all and love them all. And you, the, the face scrub, I actually, or the face cleanser I've used on my hands. I've used on my feet. So I love them all, but I love the lavender massage oil. Do you have, cause you've talked about a few of your products as you were sharing with us. Do you have a favorite product? Um, I do. I think it's the, um, the blissful body butter. Okay. And so do you mind that, sharing why? Sorry, go ahead. Do you mind sharing why that's your favorite? So it, that was part of my, um, the original product was part of my advanced graduate training at Aromahead. Um, the, the original formulation had essential oils in it, but um, I decided to leave them out. And um, it's made from a combination of um, organic jojoba oil, organic cocoa butter, organic coconut oil, and beeswax. And just a handful of ingredients, and it smells sublime. Mm -hmm. it, there's this kind of synergy of coconut and chocolate. And um, I just, I use it from head to toe. So it's, it's, a, it's an oil-based product, so it's, it's going to be a little more occlusive, which is great here in the Northeast as we, as we come into from fall into winter months and our skin can be dry and we're all washing our hands so much. Um, and it just sinks in really easily. And so I'll, um, I'll put it on my face and my lips before I'll go for a run. And so it provides a protective layer with that. It's great for elbows and heels and feet. Um, great um, for post-shaving. It's just, it's good for, um, you know, it's even good for um, post, you know, for, you know, if you, after you shave or after you have your eyebrows waxed, it's just, it's multi, multi-dimensional. Very nice. It sounds fantastic. Um, and I do believe that actually is one of them. I, I find myself, I continuously visit the lavender massage oil, but I do have, I had some of that that I was using quite often in my pedicures and within the salon. And I had a jar that would sit behind my desk at the front desk. And every time a client would leave, I'd put some on because it, it is this time of year, especially year and probably in 2020, even more so because everybody's washing their hands so much more and hand sanitizer is sometimes awful on the hands to have that product. It's a, really helps to keep things healthy. Um, so what is, share with me your favorite, before we go into where you're moving into now, share with me what your favorite client experience is when they're using your aromatherapy products. Like when um, they're embracing the self-care of it all. So I've been doing, um, a bit more custom blending for people. Okay. And so kind of in the middle of the summer, kind of like as, you know, we're just, you know, a handful of months into this pandemic, um, a woman reached out through a, a mutual network contact and, and said, um, I understand that you can make custom blends and, um, you know, we had a we had a meeting, and so she she talked about some of the issues that she wanted me to blend for, anxiety and sleep, 
um, stress, a little bit of depression. And so um, what I loved about that experience is that it was so personal. Mm -hmm. So we had a, about an hour um, Zoom meeting and um, she trusted me enough to tell me what was going on with her personally. And we talked about aromatic preferences. Um, usually when I do a consult, um, I'll bring um, some oils and then kind of get a sense of, of what the aromatic preferences are. And since we couldn't have that experience, um, you know, we talked a, a lot about plants and what resonated with her. Mm -hmm. And um, it, that was hands down one of my most recent favorite experiences. Um, and, and the feedback that I got was so positive. Mm -hmm. um, she was just so appreciative. And then she followed up and wanted um, just a, a single oil based in that blend. And she's like, well, this is what's really resonating with me right now. And so kind of um, as, a, as a practitioner um, to really listen to people and not blend based on what your biases are and right. you know, kind of, kind of um, let them guide the experience and blend based off of that and not, and not kind of redirect and say, oh, but you could be interested in in this oil. That's cool. And there's something powerful when, as a client, to be heard and seen and understood and to be able to have that moment where you can be more vulnerable with yourself and that security that somebody offers you in that experience to be like, you know what, this is what I'm experiencing and I would like your help with it. And to be heard and not overworked is kind of is a really almost sacred experience and it's I love that you honor that and you see that and I know myself I really enjoyed working with you and being able to say you know what this is what I've worked with in the past and this is what I feel it does for me energetically and to have you hear that and be able to give some of the facts back as to this is why it does that and it's a really I agree that's a really cool personalized experience and I do feel like people are reaching more and more for that and don't always know where to find that so very cool yeah, yeah. and a lot of that is just listening yeah absolutely and, and not in your mind because sometimes we think two or three steps ahead mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is literally stay grounded in the present yeah so with that being said recently you have taken on a bit of a new avenue to help you get into some new aspects would you like to talk about that a little bit more and how you went from one shifting into the other right so um i got into yoga about 10 years ago when i took up doing triathlon and i remember um, just searching for best yoga practices for triathletes and came across um, several websites. Um, one was Gaia, which was subscription-based um, at the time and still is. And I didn't really have a home yoga studio and I really couldn't afford to belong to a studio. Mm -hmm. And so this was um, really reasonable. And, and aside from their yoga content, they had other content. And so I just kind of plugged along. And then, um, 
one of my favorite yoga practices is um, by Stensi Wegman. Um, she has a has a hatha yoga practice that's about 25 minutes that um, I just have used for 10 years. It's been my go-to. And um, as I've aged up as an athlete, um, my body is not as forgiving. And I find that when I don't do yoga, that's when things go south and I get injured. And so I kind of just, you know, hunted and pecked and um, decided that as an athlete, um, this could benefit me, but I could also share that with other people. Mm -hmm. um, so if we look back to kind of the beginning of the conversation where people do feel intimidated going into a yoga studio. Absolutely. And um, I know that I felt that way where I've gone into um, some bigger name studio, a bigger name studio here in Rochester. And you, you know the pedigree of the teacher and you're thinking, ooh, are they judging me? Or um, it's a vinyasa class and I don't vinyasa well because I've got, you know, creaky knees and you're thinking, are, are people judging me? And that just really made me uncomfortable. And um, so as I was going through my yoga training um, and thinking about the type of yoga experience that I would want somebody to have with me via Zoom or in person, um, it, it, it really became apparent to me how important it is to provide people with a practice that's accessible and attainable. And then, um, you know, going back and, and giving them options if they want to take a pose into, you know, a, a deeper um, experience that they can do that. But no judgment, no shame. You know, bus stop number one is just as awesome as bus stop number three. Absolutely. And I love that notion of it. I too, I admittedly, I haven't ever done a class in person. And I actually have had this conversation with a friend of mine who lives out in Colorado. She loves the notion of a class and the energy that happens in a class. But for me, it's such a personal energy care experience for me that the notion of being in a class, just that those few questions of, okay, am I judging or am I not doing it right, would take away from that experience. So to be able to have a space where you honor, I see, again, I see you, I see your needs and you're exactly where you need to be. That's, that's, it brings it back to that personal self-care platform, which is really cool. Yeah. And that's something that, um, as we're eight months into this pandemic, um, that is so important for people to kind of take a pause and care for themselves because so many people are juggling so many different things. Um, parents are working from home. Um, they're juggling their kids schooling. Um, for folks who live by themselves, there's that aspect, the lack of um, social interaction. I mean, the mental health part of this cannot be overstated. Right. Um, 
And I think that that yoga um, can really lend itself to that critical self-care component. Um, You know, if you've been in a chair all day or you've, you've got your kidlings at home and you just need to take some time for yourself. And I think, especially as women, we have to realize that it's okay to take that pause. Absolutely. And, and even if you just do like um, a seat, you know, a seated butterfly um, and, you know, maybe stretch the quadriceps and the hamstrings and, you know, maybe a little bit of arm movement and neck mobilization. And if you got 10 minutes, then you just take 10 minutes. If you've got five minutes, then you just take five minutes. But caring for yourself is is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel that as women that we honor that need. Right. It, 2020 definitely has changed the conversation of self-care from a novel thought that you might do occasionally to a necessity. Mm-hmm. And I think it's highlighted that the well-being of that self-care and yeah, like you said, just five minutes. And I, from an energetic standpoint, because I always have a tendency to take things to more of an energy mentality. Um, I know myself, and I've seen it with other people, I think yoga gives you permission to open the door towards taking care of your energy. Because you may not want to sit down and meditate, or you may not be able to sit down and meditate. But if you're doing yoga, then you can kind of put the guise of, I'm I mean, obviously you, I don't want this to sound wrong. Obviously we're doing something that's healthy for our body, but we can put it under the category of exercise, which seems to be more easy to do versus sitting down in meditation. But there's this whole energy self-care grounding component that happens in the process. So it's that. Absolutely. At least that's my opinion, been my experience with it. Yeah. Um, So what led you there's obviously there's a theme through all of your aromatherapy and the yoga and the notion of wanting to create space for people to have that personal experience are there any personal experiences that you had in your life that highlighted to you okay i want to create this for more people is there like a self-care moment that you remember within your life you're like okay this is this is what this is and this is why i want to do it yeah Um, so my mom had Alzheimer's and so my sister was the point person because they lived in the same city. Mm -hmm. Um, but through that journey, um, it, it, and even looking at it through the lens of my sister's experience, because she was, she was there and I was here, we were four hours away. Um, how important that was and then towards the end of her life so the last six to eight weeks I was in Albany more than I was here mm-hmm. and I would just keep vigil in the nursing home and I remember the day that she died um, the I remember the the hospice nurse coming in and doing the vital check and you know she said it, it's a matter of time and I remember not wanting to leave Like, I was like, (laughs) I can't leave my mom's side. And 
my uh, friend of mine who um, was a priest and attended um, life and death and multiple you know, multiple occasions. I remember messaging him and saying, Doug, I don't know what to do. And he said, you need to go take care of yourself. And, and I said, but what if she dies and I'm not here? <laughs> and he's like, well, sweet stuff. It's really not up to you. It's up to your mom. And he's like, I really want you to go and, and do a short yoga practice and go for a run and, and just go take care of yourself. And so I did. And um, my mom gave me the gift of waiting until I was by her side to pass. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember telling her, I said, it, and my mom was a runner and very, um, very athletic. And I remember holding her hand and say, look, mom, I know this is your journey. And I, I will honor whatever, however you want to cross the finish line. I said, if you want people here, we'll be here. If you don't, I get that. But I said, please wait. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She did. That's awesome. She did. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was important um, for, for me. And, and um, it was, it was, absolutely terrifying to leave her room and thinking, oh my gosh, like what if it happens? Um, but Doug wisely said that you just have to be at peace with, with whatever your mom wants, um, but you have to take care of you because you can't help your mom transition if you haven't, take care, haven't taken care of you. Absolutely. And it, thank you for sharing that with us. I think that's a to me, that's a beautiful experience and it's a very personal experience. So thank you for sharing that. And I, I love the notion of taking care of yourself in that because in that scenario, there's a mother daughter component to it too. And the fact that I think energetically, we always care for our children first. So for you to be able to say, I love you, mom. I want to have this, you know, I want to I want to have this experience, but I need to care for myself. To me, that probably honored that mother in her that's like, okay, go take care of yourself and we'll have this experience in a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, she waited. So that was just after 12 or one o'clock and she, she passed at 3.30. Right. So. Cool. And it's like we said, the, the notion of self-care is getting to be very important tool within our life not just something that we get for christmas i mean obviously there's tools and stuff we can get for christmas to honor our self-care but it's it's becoming a conversation that's important to have and yeah. yeah sorry go ahead no no no. i just i just love the fact that you're able to take some of your personal experiences like the experience with your daughter and the experience with your mother and gleam from that what was most powerful for you and then implement that in the products and services that you carry. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I know that I think that, um, I think, um, I think we just need to schedule it in. Yes. Yep. Very um, cool. And just, you know, take leave from whatever you're doing for that short amount of time. Um, 
to to care for yourself because it makes you a better, better caregiver for those around you and humanity as a whole. Absolutely. Very cool. So where is, where can people find you? <laughs> what is the best way for people have heard your story and decide they want to connect with you? Where can people find you? Um, so um, I have a website, okay. bellaavani.com, B-E-L-L-A-A-V-A-N-I.com. Um, I have an Instagram page. Um, I have a Facebook page. Um, I, um, I'm in the process of launching a new website. So the old one is still currently there, but hopefully by the end of the week, knock on wood, the new one is, is up and running and, and the difference will be, it's a little more streamlined. Um, it'll be showcasing more of the ingredients versus the product facing the labels. Mm -hmm. So for example, with the lip balm, it's um, the, the picture rather than a lip balm tube, it's the cocoa butter that's used in, in the lip balm to kind Very of cool. give people a, a sense of um, the ingredients and the intent that goes, that goes into it. Um, so yeah, and um, you know, I did expand my product offering um, in the past couple of years. So, um, aside from the personal care products, I offer a small artisanal line of essential oils that are um, sourced from the distiller who grows and harvests and distills the oils. Um, and so that's something that I'm really proud of. It, it was no small feat to do that, um, but there's, there's no middleman, middle person in that process. Um, and so any essential oils that um, I don't source that I do use, um, I, I, I will only work with companies who um, are distiller direct. So they have relationships with the, with the, with the distillers of the oils and the oils are um, GCMS tested. Um, and so in, in the scientific world, what that means is that it's a chemical snapshot of all of the component, the com major components that are found in an essential oil. Um, and then when I look at the reports that tells me um, if something may be amiss, like if right. a component screens up, you know, too high or too low, um, I also, you know, have, you know, certificate of analysis. Um, and uh, a couple of years ago, I did take a, a graduate um, chemical, um, an analytical chemi chemistry class at RIT. So I learned how to run a GCMS report. Very cool. See, that's what's nice is we can rely on your education and training and we don't have to figure that stuff out. We can ask you about it and you can share that. That's really cool. Um, and I can speak for those essential oils that you talked about i use the lavender all the time and the frankincense i use actually the frankincense i use it with my grounding and opening meditation often <laughs> great choice <laughs> they're amazing um very cool and do you have is there are you still enjoying the yoga experience for yourself or are you sharing that with people yet um, I do need to teach more. 
which is really intimidating because you learn a lot about um, public speaking and queuing. Um, and so at this point, everything I, I am doing yoga wise is um, free for lack of a better term because I need to get experience. So I need to do some, you know, student teaching. Um, and and um, I think obviously with, with the pandemic, in-person experiences um, are, diff are challenging um, right. and we wanna be mindful of um, comfort levels and safety. Um, so I'm happy to hang out and do a practice on Zoom. Um, you know, hit, hit me up and we'll do some <laughs> yoga and hang yeah. out. Um, but yeah, so that's it'll be interesting. I'll be excited to see as you move into the avenue of doing more yoga and sharing in that and watching that for you. That's cool. Thank now, you. do you? Um, do you incorporate, like if you were to have, when we're able to be in person and not have issues with it, or can you offer guidance for people to incorporate some of the aromatherapy within their yoga practice to help to enhance that experience? Oh, absolutely. Um, essential oils are a great complement to a yoga practice. So as um, you've talked about in the podcast, um, intent mm -hmm. is um, important to look at. So if you're doing a calming, um, nourishing practice, lavender and frankincense are fabulous together. Um, I could even see black spruce okay. as part of that. Um, if you're doing something more energizing, uh, more of a vinyasa flow, you can look to some citrus oils to kind of get stagnant energy moving. Lemon and grapefruit are good choices. I love grapefruit. I'm yeah. one of my favorite blends that I did all the time and I have to do it more now that I'm home more. I used to do it in the salon all the time was the, I'd put a little lavender with a little grapefruit and nice. every time that I would put a combination of those two that you have in my diffuser, people would comment. And I'd always pair that also with my, my positivity and light meditation in it. Yep. So I love the grapefruit. Anyway, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but. Oh no, that's, it's perfect for positivity yeah. and light, especially grapefruit. It's such a sparkly, lovely oil. And I, I like lavender to me is like the mama of all oils. It's an intuitive, I consider it an intuitive oil that it knows, um, what your body systems need and can be very nourishing to like the whole physical terrain. Um, very cool. So two, yeah, two fabulous choices. Very nice. Well, uh, thank you very much for sharing with us who you are and what you do and that very sacred individual experience that you offer people. Is there anything any wisdom or nugget of truth or inspiration you'd like to leave with everybody before we finish off for today? Um, oh, wow. That's a big, that's a heady question. <laughs> or anything in general. Um, well, thank you for the, the opportunity to, to connect over Zoom. I'm so excited to see the next chapter for you. 
um, your your um, all of the all of the in, intuition um, intuitive services that you've done for me and um, my daughter Emma were just fantastic. So shameless plug. Um, as, as we as we look at um, the year that was and the year that will be. Mm -hmm. um, I think I would just encourage people to be gentle with themselves and gentle with um, humanity as a whole. I mean, literally we are all in this together. Um, mask up, wash your hands, physically distance, um, and just do the right thing by everybody else. Um, Very cool, absolutely. Well said. <laughs> Hey guys, just wanted to add a bit of an edit. The advanced graduate program that Elizabeth mentioned is 125 hours, not 250. As well as, I encourage you to go check out our website. It is up and running and revamped, and it is bellaavani.com. That's B-E-L-L-A-A-V-A-N-I.com. Go check it out and check out all the wonderful things she has there.